0: Getting complaints that someone on the team smells really bad every day? How do I address that?
1: Talk to Bambi.
0: So one of our employees just reported sexual harassment, and I don't even have a policy on how to deal with this. What do I do?
1: Talk to Bambi.
0: One of our people never shows up when they're supposed to. What are my options? Talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 a year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Start your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com and type Assistant under Streaming Audio
1: when you sign up. spelled com. Assistant Streaming Audio. And
0: what's up? Welcome in. GC Live Monday episode of the show. Wes Mitchell here. Chris Clark. Plenty to get to. Plenty to talk about. And uh, this will be pretty much a football recruiting oriented show. Um, if you're not into that, Might just have to change the station and go watch something else. We're going to warn you right off the bat, probably even not a whole lot of baseball talk, the Gamecock season coming to an end on Sunday, obviously. I don't know if y'all are ready for that conversation. So we're going to stick to football, Gamecock recruiting, getting underway last week, June 1, and it has been fast and furious on GamecockCentral.com. Every single day, South Carolina has had something going on it seems, related to football recruiting. You had, of course, June 1, as we talked about for months leading up to that, the first of the unofficial visits. Then uh, you brought in camp days. Uh, They've already had three camp days. Then what do you do today, Chris? Implement official visits. So I tell you, if if you're Jessica Jackson, if you're uh, Taylor Edwards, if you're Drew Hickson, if you're on the recruiting staff, you are, might have the busiest month of your entire career going on right now. So we're excited that it's back. We're excited to cover it, and uh, we're going to talk about all that quite a bit today. But first, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor. It is our good friend Clint Hammond of Mortgage Network. ClintHammond.com is where you can learn more about Clint and what he does. Or you can just give him a call, 803-771-6933. His NMLS number is 71597. C. Hammond at Mortgage Network com is the email address. And again, 803-771-6933. Great time to refinance. Um, if you happen to be in the market to buy a new house, there's actually there's not a lot of houses available right now. But if you can find one you like, Clint is the guy to get you in the mortgage you need. Find out the exact best way to do that for you. Or again, like I said, you just want to refinance and save some money. It is a great way to do it. Chris what's up man
1: yeah man it's been a uh, fast and furious good way to put it it has been uh, really busy since june 1 open tracking you know we've been out at camp what three days now so that's been really fun um you know at first uh, it was kind of a little bit weird even being out there because you know we didn't do it all last year we have been to i guess me personally i've covered maybe like three camps since COVID, one of them being the Rivals camp in Atlanta, which was this year. A couple other private camps I've been to. I know you've been out to some things, some workouts, some camp type things. But uh, th- this was different. You know, lots of kids, just like it was in 2019 and all the other years that we've been covering camps. I think we've one of us has been at all of them. Usually both of us. Uh, really, since we, you know, since what 2016 or so since the start of the Will Muschamp regime at South Carolina. So it's, uh, it's been good to be back out there, see some faces, see some people that we knew, see some new people. Um, So back back to sort of some normalcy in recruiting. And it's been uh, – we were kind of excited about it, and it's been exciting to begin covering it again.
0: Yeah, you're uh, – those long recruiting days, man. Uh, you know, I, yep. I never thought I'd necessarily say I missed them, but I, I really did, uh, you know, especially after – God, that one summer, I think we went to 26 of them um, in about a June and July span. That was before the NCAA. So the NCAA has, for those who don't know, there's a limitation now. You can only have 10 camp days, which uh, recruiting dudes like Chris and I uh, probably threw a party when they when they made that rule. I think that was when they started doing all those satellite camps and, and everybody was sort of having to have a camp every single day. Um, it seems like, and so they they had to limit that, and they did. Which for South Carolina, and well for us, um, it was not a bad thing at all as far as being out there. But what you get, I, I think, Chris, this year more than any other year, it's it's like a year of recruiting that's going to be jammed into this month between official visits and between you know the camp days and, and stuff like that. Just because these these kids have not been on campuses, so they're having to jam it all into to a very short period of time, which means, I think, more guys, more campers, more more official visits going on in June than ever before. Um, I mean, shoot, dude, the, the June official visits are actually relatively new uh, as far as even be al- being allowed. So uh, let, let's start there. We're going to there, – there's honestly – we could probably do a three-hour show talking about the, if we went through every single camper – that was at South Carolina or every single unofficial visitor that was at South Carolina last week, we could go forever. And it'd be incredibly boring just to talk about all that. So I'm going to go ahead and say off the bat, I know we're going to forget somebody. We're going to forget to talk about somebody. There's going to be somebody that gets left out for now. We'll go into it if we need to later on in the week. But first I want to sort of bring it forward, Chris, and talk a bit about today and that being because South Carolina We'll start the official visit process. There's a big recruiting weekend as far as official visitors coming up this coming weekend, but starting today, Monday, as we record, you've got Ramon Brown, four-star running back from Virginia, big-time target for South Carolina. Abdul Carter, the four-star linebacker from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then Felix Hickson from Jackson, Georgia, three-star, high three-star defensive tackle. And really, I I would say some – sort of different backstories on all three of these guys as far as South Carolina's um, connection with them. Ramon Brown being one. Chris, you and I picked up on this basically, um, I would say probably several months ago, we were told basically circle this guy. The Gamecocks would love to get into the mix with him. And at the time, it was kind of one of those things we weren't sure – You know, you can want to get in on a guy like this all you want. You don't ever know if, you know, looking at it from South Carolina's perspective. You don't ever know if you're going to have success doing that. They banged through that door. They get him set up with an official visit. It's not a weekend one, but you take it. You get him on your campus. He's supposed to be there starting today. And this is a kid the Gamecocks would love to be sitting there in a couple of days and say, be saying to themselves, I think we made a big move. We'll see if that happens, but you're looking – it's already a really talented running back room, Chris, but if you're South Carolina, Ontario hardesty, you want to
1: just keep adding, right? Yeah, no doubt, man, and, and, and that was one. That, there were a few guys that – obviously the, the staff, the new staff, they kind of reassessed the board, and there were some guys that were – on it previously that are still on it. You know, J-line Glover out of Florida, the four star uh, being one example, and he'll take an official visit. What's that next weekend West, but Ramon Brown was definitely one of those guys. And so it was, you're right. A question. Can they, can they get in on this kid? Can they make a move? And, and the answer to that right now, at least is, yeah. I mean, that we've said this so many times for South Carolina right now, it's all about getting as many guys, your priority guys on campus as you possibly can. And so for Ramon Brown, I think this was a situation where time was a little bit more of the essence, right? South Carolina was off to a little bit of a later start with him, maybe, um, because of the new staff. There hadn't been as much carryover with the previous staff, so a lot of newness there. But they love this kid's talent. Um, He already had multiple official visits scheduled along the way as South Carolina is trying to get involved with him with Materio Hardesty, who has... a a past history of recruiting in the state of Virginia. Obviously Shane Beamer's got ties in Virginia, some of the other coaches on staff. And so they were able to leverage those and leverage just Montario Hardesty's background and, and, you know, maybe some of the other things that that they've done in the past at South Carolina and at other stops uh, to try to get this kid on campus. So he had four visits scheduled at one point, Wes. So you remember you and I would have conversations saying, can they get a visit from this kid? What we don't really know but they were able to lock one down, and so this will be his second official visit. He took one actually right over the weekend. He's coming off of a visit to West Virginia. That was his first, and he has a full slate that will – he's actually going to take all five in June. So um, as with a lot of guys, Wes, the, the, the story of this guy's recruitment is really going to come down uh, to this visit slate, and I think South Carolina's got a, a big opportunity here to make a move, and we were discussing this earlier, the guy hosting him, I think is very intriguing, and Marshawn Lloyd set to be his player host this weekend at South Carolina, or this week rather. You're muted, Wes.
0: Those of you who are watching on the video feed can see the uh, the talent this kid has, and uh, we will encourage you. By the way, uh, youtubecom slash Central uh, is, I think, the best way to watch the show. We're also on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. And the audio of the show is on every single podcast platform that's out there. But a, a very just – I think it was it was Bobby Bentley who said one time that when you're evaluating a running back, uh, you want for somebody who's maybe never even watched football before to be able to turn on the highlight and be like, dang, that guy's good because they just jump off the screen at you. The, the, the case with Ramon Brown, I, I think you got to watch like 15 seconds of clips here and you're like, okay, I get it, I see it. Um explosive guy, makes people miss, can run through tackles a little bit as well, and um is a big play running back. And um man, I, I'm sort of curious, Chris. We we've been around, we've been able to sort of watch these coaches interact a little bit as much as you sort of legally can, uh, you know, sort of watching from from a distance a little bit at camp. And um Montario Hardesty is Mr. Energy, man. This guy had this guy, I think, wakes up um wakes up like ready to run through a wall. So I- I'm curious to see you-, you give a guy like that a little bit better logo to work with. You know, he's coming in from UNC Charlotte. You uh, give him a chance to recruit some big-time guys. I uh, I-, I think he's going to get the job done. We'll see if it's going to be with Ramon Brown or somebody else. But I- I'm curious to see some early recruiting returns on uh, Mr. Montario Hardesty.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm with you, man. I think he's going to do a really good job. You know, he's a a very different personality than, say, Des Kitchings, predecessor at South Carolina, who did, obviously, I mean, anybody who listens to our show or follows our work on GamecockCentral.com knows that we we were always very high on Des Kitchings as an evaluator, as a recruiter, as a coach, as a person. But they are different guys. And, you know, Montario's got an interesting background with him being a former SEC back. Um, a young guy. I mean, he, he still – if he walked in the facility with a group of other players, you could maybe be convinced that he was a prospect still even. I mean, he, he's he's a young-looking guy. He's played in the NFL. Like you said, tons of energy. And so um, to be able to be a part of getting Ramon Brown on campus, I think in a short amount of time, securing that official visit was big. Jalen Glover, who I mentioned earlier, has, you know, said some positive things about Hardesty in the past since he started recruiting him. And there and there have been others. And, you know, just just watching Montario, you know, most people have probably seen, you know, the the video that South Carolina put out of him mic'd up during practice and the energy that he brings. And, Wes, we've been able to watch him even at camp, um, you know, the the first three days. I I saw him walk past one of the ladders and he just started doing ladder drills just in, in the middle of, you know, just walking from one place to another. So tons of energy. And I think, you know, again, this is a really intriguing situation. Ramon Brown looking at a lot of schools like Maryland, West Virginia, Penn State, Virginia Tech, you know, schools that are more up in his geographic footprint, really. But South Carolina's got something maybe a little different. Now, what well, does that mean? They're going to have an advantage or they're going to land up? I don't know what we're going to see. But I think it's an intriguing combo to have, you know, Marshawn Lloyd hosting them, to have – Ontario hardesty, like you said, to have the ability to sell, hey, play in the SEC. It's the closest SEC program South Carolina is to you. Makes for a pretty compelling case. And so I'm really interested to see where things ultimately go for this guy. If you get a guy on campus for an official visit, ultimately you've you've got a chance.
0: Dude, this this tape is just one big play after another for those who are still watching it. Good grief. I hadn't watched this entire thing. I had glanced at it, but this – this kid is good, man. I, I see why they like him. Um, you know, and I, I think, Chris, let's go big picture for a second. I'll, I'll be curious to see how many of these kids, um, you know, like uh, so. Gamecock swag here said uh, says Penn State is in the league with with Brown. By the way, Gamecock swag, shoot me a DM on Twitter, West Mitchell GC. I want to ask you something. I, I got something for you. Um, but Chris, a lot of these kids have not been to these schools yet. So, you know, generally guys sometimes have an idea of where they're going, going into official visits. And there can be some jockeying for position, but that's when they've done junior days. They've been to spring practices. They've interacted with the coaches in person. They've been on unofficial visits to game atmospheres the prior year, you know, the prior season. You're starting from scratch. I imagine there's going to be a lot more sort of uh, change in a prospect's top schools, maybe
1: more so than ever before this summer. Yeah, that very well could be, and, and that's why you do these visits. I mean, um, that's why it's so important for South Carolina. I keep going back to that. I think it's kind of broken record status by now, but this is what you've got to do when recruiting reopens. Got to get guys on camp. By any means necessary camp workouts unofficial visits official visits obviously they're going to have plenty of all those this month and it's and it's a key month that's why you've highlighted it brand new staff program that's coming off of a couple rough seasons program that does not have the logo of say a penn state since that was mentioned or a georgia or an alabama these are the things they have to fight against but what they do have is they do have some things that they can sell facilities coaching that the environment that they've created some selling points that they have to get kids to buy into and and to believe. And when I say buy into that, that doesn't mean to make it like an artificial thing, right? We've heard a lot of good things about how recruits are perceiving the program right now and how players are perceiving it. And ultimately everything right now is positive, right. And which is, which is fine, but that's one reason why it's good to get these kids in uh, right now. And so, yeah, I mean, Penn state, look, you think of Penn state, and they're going to be a factor with a lot of kids from the DMV area um, they've got great tradition, fan support, and, and running back tradition, even if you go to a guy like Ramon Brown. But uh, that's why you get these kids on the, in on the officials, see if you can upset the apple cart, if you can shake things up a little bit. I think South Carolina is going to put on a good showing. Does that mean they ascend to the top of his list or the top two or ultimately land up? We don't know yet. It's really hard to tell given, again, the newness of all this. And so even for guys that are, you know, 2022 class – they're really getting this process started. Like somebody mentioned in the comments, Oscar Delp. Oscar Delp has offers from just about everybody in the country. He, on June 1st, he had not been on a college visit like none. So that, that's where a lot, a lot of these kids are kind of going off of, of tradition or zoom calls or, you know, virtual visits. And those are good. And ultimately, a lot of the same programs recruit real well every year because they have program tradition and all these different good recruiting staffs and facilities and all these different things. For someone like South Carolina, you're in a different position. Now you're trying to make a move. You're trying to get some guys to buy in. You're trying to change things up. And so for Ramon Brown or Delp or a lot of other guys that we'll probably discuss throughout the show, these are the kind of guys that you need to be in that first real Class, You know, Beamer had, yeah, the 2021 class, but that one wasn't, you know, it was put together so quickly under such weird circumstances. This one is a little bit more representative, at least, of your your kind of first full true recruiting class in Columbia.
0: No doubt, man. So a couple of other official visitors in today, again, three guys, Abdul Carter, four-star linebacker, and Felix Hickson, three-star defensive tackle. You know, with with Abdul Carter, Chris, this is a kid that I would say maybe fits in that category. It's a a little bit later of an official visit, at least as far as us learning about it being set up. Um, Not later as far as it being scheduled. It's the first day they've had him, but closer to the actual day of the official visit uh, than the others, which have been set up for a little while. And uh, another one where I think it's kind of uh, in the same category, if you give yourself a puncher's chance when – You get a guy on campus. I'm not sure we, maybe anyone in this industry, I'm not sure that there's a great feel for right now of where things stand with Carter as far as his recruitment in general. Um, It's been relatively quiet. Not a lot gets out. But, again, an opportunity for South Carolina to, uh, to make a move this week.
1: It is. And, you know, I I think, I don't mean this in a negative way, but talking to somebody recently about Abdul Carter, just trying to figure out kind of what was going on, or maybe this is earlier this spring I was having the conversation. It's kind of like, it's kind of a ghost, you know? And so he's one of those guys that's been, he doesn't do a ton of interviews. Um, There's just not a ton out there about him, um, even behind the scenes. There are sometimes guys West that, you know, yeah, maybe they don't do interviews like a Jordan Birch, for instance, where you're still able to get or able to get a good feel for what's going on, good information with Abdul Carter. And part of this is proximity. He's up in Philadelphia. You know, it's a little tougher um, the, and the lack of visits. I mean, this is a kid that he hasn't really been anywhere lately in the past, what, 15, 16 months because of the in-person recruiting shutdown. So it is a little different. What we do know is that, you know, at some point earlier this year, he took a virtual visit to South Carolina, right? So that happened. And once we learned of that, you go, okay, there might be a little bit something there because a lot of the guys, they did, they did tons of virtual visits throughout the year in the early part. Um, But a lot of times when you're getting a guy on one of the virtual visits, there's at least a, a pretty good mutual interest level there. And so another thing that, you know, shows you that there's mutual interest. They are getting them in on an in person official visit and they're getting them in early. And so, um, some of the schools that you hear, you know, obviously South Carolina's in there, um, but Penn State, you know, with them being an in state program, Rutgers ha- has done a good job with prospects, you know, up in that Northeast area, um, kind of trying to get reestablished. Um, they're in the mix, I think. But uh, this is, this is again, it, we use the word intriguing for the Ramon Brown visit. Same deal here. Linebacker is going to be a need position for Clayton White, Gamecock defense, and this is a kid that has size, has talent, and we'll see how things go this this uh, week.
0: You know, that, that's a position, Chris. It is a position of need, but I'm not sure that we have a great feel yet for exactly how that need is going to be filled. You know, I, I don't know if there's, I don't even know if I know the like the five guys that are, you would just pull the most likely couple of guys from. You know, so. Um, as you said, hard to tell where he's at right now, but it, when a kid doesn't talk at the very least, you can follow the visits and what follow the visits means is if a kid's showing up on your campus and especially if an out of state guys coming down for an official visit, then, um, you know, you're, you're going to have a chance. And I I believe Chris, you reported what Debo Williams is going to be involved here. He's going to be the official, um, host for him. So, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to put the guys together. D, you know, Debo and Marshawn are obviously uh, tight with each other. Debo is a kid who has been, I would say, beyond uh, – has expressed that he's beyond grateful for his opportunity at South Carolina for what playing in the SEC has meant to him. You are you know, they're, they obviously – there's not these, like, strong, strong connections there as far as them being from the exact same place by any means. But you're talking about a kid who would be making the decision – as far as Abdul Carter to, to come to the Southeast from the Northeast. And um, Debo has obviously made that decision. So I think that those were two pretty, you know, when we heard that and you told me that I said, man, that that's some pretty savvy choices there. I think as far as who the hosts are going to be for these kids, man.
1: Yeah. Good matchup and, and interesting matchup. I think with, with Debo, well, Marshawn too. I mean, neither of those guys have played a snap for South Carolina, you know, even under the old stuff, obviously Debo, was added after Shane Beamer got on campus. But, um, you know, Debo, man, I mean, getting a little bit of fan favorite vibes, I think, from from some of what we've heard from our subscribers and, and readers and listeners, Wes, because he's just been such an advocate for the program so far without having even played. Um, like you said, I, th- I think you trace that back to how grateful he is. It's a guy in, in Debo that was unlike Abdul Carter who's a four-star guy with a lot of offers, Debo Williams, everybody in that area in Delaware and even up North in general knew that he was a really good football player. And he drew some big interest from college programs, but still went very under-recruited. And so ended up uh, obviously signing with Delaware. Then he gets an opportunity to transfer to South Carolina and he's really kind of ingrained himself with this program and, and with Columbia. And so, um, I thought it was a, a really good match because in Debo you have a really good personality, a guy that, again, he's been an advocate for the program, so he's going to be able to sell it in a in a unique and also authentic way, I think. And then positionally, he's a linebacker. He's from the Northeast. So you have, you know, some carryover there that I think could, could be very beneficial to the Gamecocks. The
0: other visit for South Carolina is, Chris uh, Felix Hickson, I tend to, you know, you're, I think you're a little more tuned in on this one than I am, but I I tend to think South Carolina maybe has had a little more longer staying power here with, with Hickson. I, I think Jimmy Lindsey's done a really good job with him. He's been a guy that it has seemed like um, South Carolina has been in the mix for um, you know for a while. You got Georgia Tech, Virginia, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Those are the official visits there for him. He's already been to Wisconsin and he's even said, you know, and you can assume this with most kids, but he has explicitly said it. Those, the schools he's taking the official visits to, those are like the top schools. Those are the ones he's, he's really looking into. And I don't know, man, no, no offense to those other schools. I I tend to think that's a very workable, very manageable uh, competition there for South Carolina. Um, you know, obviously the Wisconsin first visit, you're going to have a blast. Um, that's, that's probably a given, gave it very high reviews outside looking in. I got to think, you know, Georgia Tech's doing everything they can with their in-state kids, especially the ones that are a little bit, that aren't quite on that, like elite tier, high four star type guys. This is maybe a, a more manageable recruitment for Georgia Tech to, to really feel like they have a chance here. Um, I would imagine they're, they're strongly in the conversation, but uh We've talked about the different styles of these guys. Jimmy Lindsay, maybe not quite the rah-rah guy, Chris, but more of like the I'm going to build a genuine relationship. There's like he almost comes across as like a mentor type guy that's going to just dig in, uh, really find out what and what matters to these kids. And uh, it sounds like he's done a really good job with Hickson so far. I I, I think it feels like this is a winnable recruiting battle for South Carolina with Felix Six. And Do you agree with that with a little bit more down in there um, knowledge you have on this situation?
1: Yeah, I agree. And and when we say that, I mean, take it as a positive still. It doesn't mean, well, South Carolina's going to land them because the competition isn't elite. Look, you you need to win those two. Um, if South Carolina's going to have a really good 2022 class, it's going to be by winning some of these big boy recruiting battles. But, also, some of the ones in Felix Hickson to where, yeah, maybe Georgia is not involved in Clemson and Alabama, but these other schools. I mean, Wisconsin, still very good program. They've got the geographic advantage of South Carolina. Then Illinois, then Virginia, those are involved. You would think that South Carolina is probably going to be able to beat them. But the one you mentioned, West Georgia Tech, I think is, is the one that's the biggest competition for South Carolina. And here's the thing, Georgia Tech – well, I'll back up. There's a couple different programs – that South Carolina in the last, what, two recruiting cycles or so has really had to start battling that maybe in the years before that were not as much of a factor. One was North Carolina, right? Under Matt Brown, they've done a much better job in-state prioritizing, locking down the state. And then they've shown some on-field progress, and they've made some waves in recruiting. That's something that in the latter years of Larry Fedora especially – Wasn't as much of a factor. So you've got that to deal with in addition to all these blue bloods that are going to try to clean up on the big time prospects in, in the southeast. Then in in Georgia, not only is it just Georgia and everybody else in the SEC, it's now Georgia Tech, especially like you said, Wes, maybe on some of those guys that maybe they fall a little bit below um, the the cream of the crop you know at the top but they're still really good and they're still the kind of guys that South Carolina needs to sign right now and, and really always um, so Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson they weren't going to be a huge recruiting factor with guys on offense or on defense really um, it wasn't as much of a priority for them Jeff Collins completely different style trying to really hone in on Atlanta and and hone in on in-state guys and so it figures that they're going to be a factor with somebody like Hickson. So he's even publicly said that Georgia Tech and South Carolina stand out. I think Jimmy Lindsay you mentioned earlier, he's done a really good job building a relationship with this kid. We saw him in camp, the Atlanta Rivals camp, earlier in the in the spring, and he did a really nice job, I thought, Wes. I expect that South Carolina is going to do a really, really good job this weekend. And I think Lindsay's relationship that he built early with Felix Hickson could end up paying off for the Gamecocks. So we'll see where things go.
0: Yeah. And the, the film here, man, uh, this kid's got some trying to think of the word here, man. There, there's some toughness here. Like this, this dude sort of just throws himself in there. Um, Play looks like he plays on the edge a bit for his high school team, but is definitely more of an interior guy at the, you know, at the college level, but um, uses his hands pretty well. And um, I I like what I see. I, I think he's, He's definitely again, you know, to be sort of that four-star, five-star guy, you got to have like jump off the page athleticism. But um, high three-star guy, you're, you know, if you're in South Carolina, you're going to have to build it up, um, you know, with with all types of, of players. And, and looking at Felix, to steal your phrase, man, there's a lot to like here uh, on the film as well. It's not he's not one of these guys that you just look at and say, oh, he's super raw. It's going to take three years of development. Like he's already. A, a pretty darn good looking football player as is in, in my opinion and uses his is not scared to like throw his body in there and and disrupt things and and then go get the the guy in the backfield after that
1: yeah i mean size toughness disposition um and you know had a chance to talk with this kid and and like you know like his attitude pretty quiet kid uh but gets it done on the field like you said interior guy all the way you know for south carolina still has some room to I think Wes put on some, some more good weight, get stronger, um, you know, optimize what he could become. You you see some things even that you're right. He's not raw. A lot of times you look at D tackles and you go, you know, the kid doesn't have a clue what he's doing or, you know, he's, he's just a kind of a big athlete. Felix is, you know, I think a little bit more advanced that where you look at the kid and you go, yeah, he's got the size and can move, but he's also a really good football player at this point. But, definitely not somebody that's tapped out in terms of potential either. And so um, I, I think this is a, a Jimmy Lindsay kind of guy. You know, we knew that Jimmy Lindsay was one thing that we heard, Wes, got to South Carolina was that he was going to bring some ties in the state of Georgia, whether it was in Atlanta or in other areas like Jackson, where uh, Felix Hickson is from. And I think this is an example of that.
0: So that that's your three official visitors, Chris. Um, always a chance somebody pops up. But right now, that's the three non guys as far as official visits. There are some unofficial visits going on right now as well. Um, Jaden Gibson—that's that, a, I think a big—I uh, don't want to say get, but it's it's big for South Carolina to get him on campus. Um, he's going to be on campus for a couple of days actually, and uh, we'll spend some time with Justin Step. A bit, just I, I gotta say, Chris, I think his rating on Rivals is outdated at this point. He's a low three star on here, but. Um, you got you got offers. You got offers, and then you have the offers where the schools really want you. And for Gibson, he's got some big boy offers where these schools really want him. Florida really making him a a priority. South Carolina obviously making him a priority. Um, there's an official visit in there to Tennessee. Um, really, really talented kid. That's a, a jump ball, big play receiver that I know South Carolina would love to have. And uh, so they get him in today. That's going to be a, a multi day visit. Um, Joel Starling's uh, 2023 Richmond, Virginia defensive tackle or defensive line prospect that's actually supposed to be in today, and Carter Wyatt, an intriguing linebacker prospect from uh, West Brunswick High School um, in shallot uh, North Carolina, which is I think is way on the coast of uh, of North Carolina. A kid that I believe um, his visit just wrapped up because I, I was chatting with him a little bit. Um, he said he was ready to to do a, a an interview, so. Some unofficial visits today, but um, Chris, I'll I'll put it on you, man. We saw a ton (laughs) of dudes roll through the indoor practice facility, some there to camp, some there just for unofficial visits, many of them there for some combination of both things. It was like they were camping, but also getting
1: that in-depth look at the program.
0: Who do you want to start with, man?
1: Well, I had a couple guys immediately jump to my mind, and, and I, I'm sure that we will forget players just in general. We're not going to go through all of them, but there were two guys that really jumped out as kind of storyline guys for me. The first one was Kylie Corton, uh, you know, from Clarendon Hall, in-state. Some of you may be say, those of you from South Carolina will probably know Clarendon Hall. If you don't, that is a skeezus school, and not only is it a skeezus school, they play eight-man ball. And so – he actually came to camp two different days what was that thursday and friday i think west or friday yeah first two days of camp he was there both days worked out and saw this kid moving around and kind of a little bit of who is that and then we found out who it was and we kind of ascertained that south carolina liked this kid and as time went on even after day one we're going are they going to offer this guy and then day two happened and it was kind of more of the same, and they did at the end, at the conclusion of that camp on day two end up offering Kylie Corton. And, and you know, I, I overused the word intriguing. I'm going to need to come up with a different one, but I mean this this guy is really interesting because he is Raw West, and with a guy on eight man in eight man, even on film, it can kind of be tough to get a read for a guy. You know, um, what is he? Competition, level, all these different things, but all I know is Kylie Corden came on campus. What was he? Six four? West? Was that the me, what he measured in at 6'3"? I should have
0: written it down, man. Six three, six four.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's listed at six five on like his huddle profile. Maybe not quite that, but legitimate size. He, he's not listed at six five, and you see him and he's six one. Put it that way. He's he's a six three six four kid. Plays basketball. Plays football. Uh, the testing numbers were off the charts. Ran in the four fours, big vertical jump, 10-2 broad jump, and those kind of testing numbers on an in-state kid are hard to ignore. And so um, we kind of did wonder if South Carolina would offer, you know, I guess the downside, quote-unquote, West would be that he is raw. And and South Carolina does need some guys that can play immediately, but here's what you don't want to happen. If you're going to talk about getting guys from your home state and fencing the state. You don't want to look back in three years or four years and say, we could have gotten Kylie Corton. We had him in camp. We liked him. We didn't take him. And now he's at such and such, even if it's a very small school. And, oh, look, he's on an NFL draft board because he's developed. You know, with a kid like this, I, t- I mentioned how Felix, Hick- H- Felix Hickson was not tapped out earlier. You take a guy that plays eight, man and then you move him to the SEC level with resources and things like that, you take those testing numbers, I'm not, I'm not saying what he will or won't develop into, but that gives you a chance, man, to, to really develop as, as a player, you know, physically and, and from a skill perspective. So is he a receiver? Does he end up playing DB or linebacker? I don't know. Uh, but this kid I think was really interesting, and I think has a big storyline to watch. The film for those watching,
0: the film's pretty good, man. Like uh, <laughs> he, he's running by and running through a lot of these guys. Have you ever, Chris? Have you ever been to an eight-man football game?
1: I've not been to an eight-man game. I've been to Skeezer games multiple, um, even non-Hammond Skeezer games. I have been to uh, been to more than one of those, but I have never been to an eight-man game. I I almost. Maybe our first experience this year will be to uh, go check out an eight-man game Kylie cordon that would be that'd be very interesting
0: I think we need to make that happen man i mean i I don't know the rules I don't know how much of it's different. I do know that um from what we've seen so far, Kylie cordon has been the biggest, strongest, and fastest guy on the field about every single one of these clips <laughs> so that's a uh, that's a good first sign uh, i think and um uh, you know chris i I did think when i When I was watching him out there, as as raw as he is as a wide receiver, because as you see, also, mean he plays quarterback, plays a little bit of everything, there was a natural ability to adjust to the football, um, you know, that we saw. This is not just – sometimes you see, like, you know, a track guy. who's not – you know, goes out and impresses with a bunch of numbers but isn't a great football player. I don't think that's the case here. There there was some natural pass-catching ability. Um, We saw him – we saw him almost haul in a catch at the end that got dislodged at the very last second. Um, that would have been an incredible catch, and the fact that he came in as, you know, a guy from eight man football, but was actually one of the people that sort of got pegged to, to go as the best on best matchup at the end. You know, I, I think says a lot about this kid, and I, you got to to go to the recruiting side of it, Chris. You got not that anything's ever a lock, but you got to feel pretty good about South Carolina's chances here. He's going to hit some other camps. Um I think he may have already, I think he may have hit Clemson or was he was going to hit Clemson.
1: He did. I, I was going to touch on the Clemson camp actually. If you want me to jump in on that, I, I was told he was yeah hit that too. Uh, I was told he was quite good there. Now you know you got to keep in mind. I, I think Clemson's taking two receivers this year obviously with the way that they're recruiting now, particularly at receiver, they've had a lot of success um, at that position. You know, they're going to be very selective. For instance, they have any Clemson hasn't even offered Antonio Williams yet from Dutch Fork. So, I mean, that, that shows you the selectivity, but we we're told that Clemson also like Kylie court. Will they get to him in terms of an offer? I'm very doubtful, but it just, it's just further validation. I think um, that this kid, you know, has legitimate skills. And I think you made a great point. Wes, this, this wasn't just a guy that went out there and was just, was he raw in drills and even route running and things like that? Yeah, he was. Um, and, and keep in mind, he's not a full-time receiver and he's playing eight-man ball. There were some natural things there of, of how he went up to get the football and, you know, adjusting to the ball and things like that. Where you go, okay, there's some things to work with here, especially in light of the, the size, the length, the testing numbers. Those are things that you can't teach you can teach the technical aspect of it for a guy that has, you know, this type of talent level.
0: No doubt, man. So, uh, so that that's one of the, you know, one of the few new offers delivered by South Carolina at camp. We'll get into maybe one of the other ones here shortly, but first I, I do want to, while, while you just mentioned him, let's talk about Antonio Williams, man. That's, that was, I would say, as far as like the unofficial visits go, um, as big as any for South Carolina this week, clearly, you know, there are they're top targets and then there are your top, top, top targets. And Williams, for me, lands in the version of that just – if you were going to list like five dudes that South Carolina needs to sign, Williams is, is in that category. And, you know, for me, man, for them to get him – we knew it was going to be June. We knew he was going to visit in June. You know, I have been told it's either going to be right at the beginning or right at the end. If you're South Carolina, you maybe hope you can bookend and do both. But to go ahead and get him over, get him in for a visit right off the bat, his first real recruiting visit to South Carolina. He did the he did the spring game, you know, unofficial, unofficial to Clemson and South Carolina. Now he's done actual unofficial visits to South Carolina first, then Clemson. Uh, big step for South Carolina. Went very, very well by all indications. Whole fam was in. uh, They got the full experience. Chris, I'm starting to think – I don't think this is a kid that necessarily loves the recruiting process a whole lot. He doesn't necessarily like the hype. Doesn't like to do a lot of interviews, it seems. Um, So to go ahead and get this visit in before he's completely jaded to the entire process, I I think was was big news for South Carolina – And and clearly you talk about position of need kid that's right down the road, a kid that's probably even better than we thought he was when he first came onto the radar. I think he's an elite receiver, just a a massive day for South Carolina, man. And you, and you could even see going in, you saw Justin step tweeting, um, you know, it's happening with the, the little uh, scene from the office where Michael Scott, um, it's like, it's happening. So they wanted to let it be known how excited they were about this.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And it is, it is significant. Um, you know, time will tell how long Antonio Williams uh, recruitment stretches out. You, you would have to think for the reasons that you outlined West, that probably not going to be a signing day, February, 2022 guy, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe that he gives off. Like you said, he's not a huge media guy. He's not a huge attention guy. He doesn't love the recruiting process but obviously you have to do enough and do your due diligence to be able to make a decision. And so, um, you know, one of the storylines that you mentioned prior to the visit was the fact that he, he still went and visited Clemson, but no camp up there. So what what does that do in terms of will Clemson try to keep this one stretched out to where maybe they, they do eventually offer Antonio Williams. What's the timeline on that? How does it affect things if they do, you know, a school like Alabama that was in the same situation, but we know that South Carolina has prioritized them from day one. We know there's reciprocal interest um, w- w- with both sides. There looks like they did a really good job with the family. We know that Antonio Williams spent some time. We observed West with with DeCarion Joiner on campus, which we thought was interesting. You know, to to put those two together a little bit, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But but definitely, I think South Carolina's is in the game now. They're not out of the woods or anything, in my opinion. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a situation where you view Antonio Williams as a lot, but certainly there are a lot of programs that would like to be in, in South Carolina's position with Antonio Williams.
0: Yeah, the, the programs I'm tracking here, Chris, obviously South Carolina. Of the offers, all Miss. Um, I've always thought at some point Tennessee was maybe going to be a factor because the work they've done at Dutch Fork and – this supposedly you know, new offense they're going to be running there, I'm still sort of like, do they come into the picture? doesn't seem like it to this point. But then obviously offer-wise, if Clemson offers, they'll probably be a factor. If Alabama offers, they'll probably be a factor. To this point, neither has. To me, dude, he's on the level. He, he fits in with the other guys you see Clemson recruiting at that position. The thing that has hurt him as far as not getting a Clemson offer to this point is, like you said, they're only taking one more guy and then he was not able to work out this past week. So they're, they're very selective at that position. But um, the word, as far as his recruitment now, has been that it may at least extend out into the fall. That, well, for one thing, it goes against what we had heard back in the spring. You know, we had Jason Barnes on the show. That sort of went against the vibe at the time and to me it goes a little bit against the the personality there just just my feel sometimes sometimes the information doesn't always match up with sort of the vibe so i'll be very curious chris to see exactly when he decides to make a decision does it still say that way does it stay that way i should say with the information or does it sort of flip back to what we originally thought and that was that maybe this thing is over with sometime this summer if you're South Carolina, I think you're you're happy if you can just get this thing locked out because I, I think they would have a really good shot. Them and Ole Miss have a really good shot to go ahead and lock up one of their just massive, massive recruiting targets. So um that was to me one of the bigger storylines of the week was that South Carolina gets him in and uh and lets him get a, a good feel for the program. Also, another of the big storylines, Chris, Dylan Lonergan, four star quarterback. Class of 2023, um, we were sort of uh, joking around with somebody about how, you know, your 2022 class at, at quarterback has just very recently been sort of locked in, but you already have to be thinking about 2023, especially at that position. So for South Carolina, though, man, um, you know, they, they had Eli Holstein on campus, Lonergan on campus, Carson Black was on campus on – uh on June one, um, I was told he's going to be back with his team for the seven on seven deal a little bit later on in June. So that's when he'll throw for the staff. But um, Lonergan went ahead, came in, did the unofficial side, but threw and worked with Satterfield as well. They spent a ton of time together, and you know that, that's to me that's that's an underrated aspect here. Go ahead and get three of your twenty twenty three targets at quarterback on campus and start to sort of fill it out as far as where, where you're at there.
1: Yeah. I mean, 2022 accelerated timeline for quarterbacks, you know, who aren't committed and there are a bunch nationally, regionally, they're already committed. Of course, Braden Davis committed before uh, to South Carolina com- committed before the uh, recruiting period even opened back up. But 2023 obviously important because your your timeline for those guys even is going to be accelerated to where, you know, some may commit this fall, even this summer, You know, some, a lot of them are going to look at, you know, next summer as a time where they kind of got to be committed by. So important to get those guys on campus as soon as possible. Like you mentioned, man, South Carolina's already had, you know, several of them on the books. I think Lonergan is, is maybe one of the more interesting ones to track because uh, he's a big time talent out of that state of Georgia. We got to watch him throw in camp Uh, was very much looking forward to that because of what we've seen on film, what we've heard about his talent level. And he definitely impressed in, in my book. Um, I thought he was he was as advertised in terms of the arm strength and the way he threw the football. Uh, worked very close with Marcus Satterfield, who, who seemed impressed by his performance as well, too. And from what we hear, Wes, I think South Carolina is going to be a big factor here. You know, it doesn't look like Georgia in-state is, is a significant factor. North Carolina is one to watch. Lonergan even called, I think, North Carolina his dream school over social media. Now, that, as we know, if you go back and look at recruiting history – the whole dream school thing can even be a, a kiss of death sometimes, I think. Kids don't always go to a, a place that's their dream school, quote-unquote. It ends up being about the best fit. but So we'll see. But I, I think things went quite well with Dylan Monergan, um on the visit the other day, the camp experience and the, and the visit portion of it.
0: And in, in, in that situation, man, all you can hope to be right now is in it, like in the conversation. I don't think he's going to be closing out his recruitment, you know, this week by any means. So he he also said he was going to be back on South Carolina's campus. That would be one I imagine with with some actual in-game visits going on, probably a situation where you'll get him back in the fall and let him see an atmosphere at South Carolina and, and try and go from there. But as I said, several other uh, quarterback targets on campus this past week as well. So you start to sort of be able to, to figure out what's – uh what your board is going to look, look like and sort of how, how these kids feel about you as a program. If you're South Carolina, um, who, who else, man, who else do we want to talk about? Let's, uh, before we forget, let's go into another offered senior because that's always a storyline in this. And that would be Davin Jackson, uh, DJ Jackson from Sumter, a kid that we had sort of on our list of, of guys to, to keep an eye on as could go either way. could be an offer, could not be an offer. Um, Sounds like he had a really, really good day and has always been a productive football player. That's never been a question. Um, The question has always been, is he have the measurables that you're looking for to play SEC defensive line? Uh, The kid has had a decent offer list, had some ACC schools. He comes in, gets the offer. I tend to think with that offer, much like with Callie Corton, probably pretty good situation there for the Gamecocks as far as Coming out of that, feeling like they're in good shape with him. But um, happy for that kid because he's one I've, I've sort of tried to talk to um, and stay in touch with here and there for a while. And I, I know he, he seemed excited to get that offer.
1: Yeah, I think that was one he'd kind of circled. DJ Jackson did. And like you said, has, has other offers, including some ACC ones, but came to South Carolina's camp looking to earn an offer. And he did that, turned in a good performance. Uh, our understanding, South Carolina was impressed, and the, the proof, obviously, in the pudding there with an offer did a nice job throughout the day it was quick, you know, did a nice job in the one-on-one periods and obviously has some good film to back it up as well. So, um, I think I agree with you. South Carolina's positioning, no immediate commitment or anything, and probably still going to go through the process, but everything we've heard, whether it's from Jackson or just some other places, Wes points to the fact that South Carolina is going to have a good chance with this kid. And, and, and again, kind of like Courtney parallel, you drew a minute ago. Um, This is an example of an in-state kid that if you think is a good football player and can help your program, um, you look to take him at this juncture. And so that's kind of exactly what happened with Jackson, turning in that good performance in camp, did enough to earn the offer uh, last week.
0: Yeah, uh, another guy I think we got to talk about, Chris, would be Cam Pringle because uh, if you want to start talking about who are going to be the potential – national-level prospects in this state, you know, coming up 2023, 2024, Pringle being a 2024 prospect. This might be one of the best-looking young offensive tackle prospects, just physically, that maybe we've ever seen in the state as far as our personal, you know, past watching recruiting processes play out. Um, Dude, this kid, we saw him – in Atlanta for a rivals camp, we saw him again this past Saturday. He creates a buzz every single place he's at because people don't can't believe he's a freshman, and uh, that that was the case again on uh, on Saturday. I think if you are South Carolina, you'd take this kid like now. You'd say, "Go, you know, mm-hmm. we'll find a spot for you." But um, man, this and getting and dude could could be getting bigger. You know, we you know his family. I think is, is art is still like a good two, three, four inches uh, taller than him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He may not be done. And, and it is crazy that he's what, 15 years old and um, you know, a freshman pretty amazing. I mean, physically impressive. We, I think we were both, I kind of saw you do it a couple of times. I know I did a couple of times. We were kind of playing this game at camp where we'd go up to people and say, Hey, what do you think of that kid? And they, they'd start, Oh man, yeah, it looks great. And then you say, you know, he's a freshman and they'd, just about fall over. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the physical tools are there. The size is there. And it is hard to remember when you look at him, you think, okay, this guy's a senior and he should play this way. It's hard to remember that he's a 2024 prospect just because of the sheer size. And as soon as he walked into the indoor and stood up at the front, you notice him and obviously you notice him in drills. So he's he's definitely going to be a priority guy for the Gamecocks they've offered. Several other schools have offered Uh, Like you said, Wes had his family in tow the other day and seems to be a nice early start for South Carolina with Cam Pringle and what may end up being a pretty long process for him.
0: No doubt, man. Let's, uh, let's hit on a couple of these shout outs here from the chat. Um, soul, by the way, I I don't know if this is Nick souls, dad, uncle. Yeah. I met, I met Donnie at camp the other day. I think that is Nick's dad. Okay. Yeah. Nick, uh, Nick, a a really good-looking prospect uh, from Dutch Fork. Big kid, uh, physically impressive. Um, I would say probably one of your kind of flying under the radar guys in this state to to keep an eye on. Um, Enjoyed watching Nick. I actually saw Nick at uh, at one of the seven-on-seven practices I was at um, at Columbia High this spring as well. So Nick, a guy we'll be keeping an eye on, certainly uh, going into the fall uh, with maybe a big football season for him over at Dutch Fork. Uh, let's see. Shout out to Anthony. Um, Chad Godwin asked if we are if we know about Clay Pender from Barnwell. I have seen him pop up on Twitter. I'm aware of him. Uh, Wally, what's up, man? Hope you're having a good time in New Orleans. Uh, and, yeah, we, we do have to give a shout out to Gamecock Russ. Uh, apparently Gamecock Russ, Chris, not going to be able to join us here on the show um, a lot of days because he's got a new a new job. So he's working, um, I think the night shift somewhere and not going to be able to join us. Uh, I guess this is probably sleeping, catching on sleep time for him. So hopefully Russ still joins us or listens to the podcast uh, later on. So shout out to Russ, one of our our favorite chatters here on on GC Live and a guy that um, Russ helps promote the show probably more than we do. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that, and shout out to him. Hope that he is doing well. Um, let's see, Chris, who else do we want to hit? I'll tell you, dude, Xavier Short, right down the road, Chapin. I thought yeah. he had a good day, man. He's a good-looking yeah. prospect. I've seen him several times, and um just – he he's one of those guys, for me, is already pretty well-developed as a receiver, just understands how to get open. Um, made a couple of catches on the sideline. His footwork on the sideline, as far as keeping, you know, catching the ball out front with his hands, but then getting his feet down and bounds, The dexterity that it takes to do that, um, dude. I, I know it's sort of. I, I assume he's right on the line, maybe. Of do you offer or not offer for South Carolina? He's under evaluation, at least if you know. Want to be completely accurate there. I I would be very tempted to offer him if I'm South Carolina, because I, I do think the kid's a good player.
1: Yeah, he is. And the people at Chapin <laughs> and head coach, Justin Gentry there and everybody else around the program rave about Xavier and have raved about him for a long time. The, the size is there. He, he's a bigger receiver, you know, six, two over 200 pounds. And the testing numbers are really good, man. I mean, ran in the four or five range a couple times, I think, uh, what was it? A 37 inch vertical, I think. So, um, he, he did a really nice job from a testing standpoint and obviously the, the film and the production at the high school level, they don't lie. And then he did a really good job, I think in, in the drills and the one-on-ones too. So still a good bit to like about Xavier short was not among the group, you know, then state guys that picked up an offer immediately after, you know, the camp workout. And I, I think there are some, some different layers to that as to, to maybe why, I mean, positionally is, you know, you look at a Kylie Courtney, can maybe play some other positions. If if you don't play him at receiver look at Davin Jackson. Obviously, he's a defensive lineman, a defensive tackle, probably an interior guy. So, a little bit different of a situation, right? But Xavier Short, someone that I think helped his cause with South Carolina and someone that they're going to continue tracking and, and continue communicating with. Yeah,
0: I'm going down through the list here now, man. Um, God, lots of out-of-state kids were in Deerfield Beach, brought for- – their entire team there on Thursday. Um, let's see, uh, Grayson Maine, South Carolina offensive tackle commit was in. Uh, Chris, you received some feedback. Sounded like he had a, a really good day.
1: Yeah, he did. Uh, South Carolina, I think, was impressed there. And I had a chance to watch Grayson moving around too. I think the size jumped out. I mean, uh, you, knew, you sort of, you know, you go in and you know what he's listed at. But I think just seeing him in person, I think it, it matched kind of what you would expect based on the measurables he was an impressive looking guy and uh, moved around well could bend was flexible um, could move his feet so there's a there's pretty good athleticism there for the size and someone that plays tackle in high school and could probably play really any position probably tackle or guard um, at the next level so I, I think South Grayson Maine's that was a, a nice early get nice early commitment for South Carolina on the O- line. Yeah,
0: well, it sounds like one they feel good about, you know, you, you're sometimes without being able to, without being able to have guys in for evaluation, you're you're taking some chances out there when you offer guys early on. So um, that's one of those, they probably went home feeling really good about that evaluation and early get, as you said, for South Carolina. And it um, seemed like Grayson had a really good time on the visit. I know they were checking out some of the other stuff that, that South Carolina and Columbia has to offer. And uh, just seemed like a a good kid and a good family. So, um, good get there for South Carolina. And let's see, I'm looking at my list, Chris, um, the Columbia high, the Florida version, uh, Jaden Robinson, Amari Farrell, two guys that I, I talked to had a really good time. I think especially of those two, um, Amari Farrell, South Carolina did some good work with and has put themselves in a good position with, um, Let's see, Troy Ford, Savannah, Georgia, Calvary Day. That's a a linebacker prospect that's gotten, uh, had a really big spring as far as offers go. And that South Carolina, I know you talked to them, Chris. They, I think they, it sounds like they're a factor for that kid. He really sort of was blown away with this trip. It sounded like.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely seemed really good there. I mean, the the feedback was. Really, just to take it out, zoom it out in a general sense, I think was really good, Wes. From a lot of these guys we've we've talked to, Troy Ford, Ty, you know, Ty Lockwood, the 2023 Tennessee uh, tight end, was another one um, where you know words like amazing were thrown around, you know, by both of those guys, and um, so it, it was it was a really productive, I think, start of of camp and unofficial mm-hmm. visits. There were certain guys, Troy Ford, you know, did not work out at the camp um but but hung out you know had an unofficial visit spent time with the coaches saw the facilities same thing for ty lockwood who i mentioned out of tennessee big big time top 100 overall player in the country for the 2023 class both those guys um you know had a really good time and west before i I don't want to forget this one anthony rose former gamecock commitment in town that would be the most surprised most surprising visit as far as we were concerned, right? Yeah, that was a surprise trip. There there were some other ones that ended up being there that we we weren't expecting. That was the biggest surprise. And so I think it kind of helped answer a question of, is South Carolina going to be a factor at all with Rose? Sometimes when a kid decommits, he says he's keeping them on the list, but he really doesn't. You know, the the indications are Rose, South Carolina, there's still – we don't know what's going to happen, but they're still communicating – there's still some you know a lot of talk between Tory and Gray and Rose on campus uh, he he did work out and run did a really nice he ran he did a nice job ran 447 in the 40 i believe um, had a couple picks during the one on ones that we saw so i think Anthony Rose did a really nice job he he lived up to his billing i think in my book Wes and someone that we know now we can uh, we can keep tracking as far as south carolina is concerned
0: yeah man he uh anthony rose for me, answered two questions. One's like you said, is South Carolina going to be in it? Two, this dude is legit. Like I, I think he, yeah, had some really good times. Um, you know, had had a good uh, has a good vertical. We're told, and just a, a kid that has has that edge you're looking for as well. I, I always look at DBs, and I say you need you need at least a guy or two that's got a little bit of that just extra competitive edge. They got it. Got to be a little bit just. Um, I don't know. The swagger has to be there. I don't want to misin. I don't want misinter- to misinterpret how I say it. So we're just going to say the swagger has to be there at that position, and this kid has it. Um, Chad says, uh, I think he's still talking about Cam Pringle, um, class of twenty twenty four. A lot of those guys, or those guys, are not ranked yet on Rivals, but Cam Pringle, easy four star for me, Chris. I think probably even potentially a five star type.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to be a, a four-star just based on the, the size, you know, potential, I think, and, and we'll see how he develops from there. Obviously, you know, he's still got a, a ways to go. And I don't mean that in a negative sense, just in terms of developing as a player. I mean, nobody nobody's ranked from 2024 right now on rivals.com. Um, but he's, he, I think just based on the potential, what he's shown on the field, the size, the movement ability, I think he's, he's going to be one of those guys that opens as a four-star and, you kind of see what the room is for adjustment up or down from there.
0: No doubt. All right, y'all. So that's that's over an hour right there, Chris. We said we'd probably miss some guys. I'm sure we did. We'll keep going through our list, and then we'll, of course, um, on Wednesday, we'll actually have hopefully some feedback from these official visitors. We're not sure exactly yet when they're going to be leaving campus. So depending on that, you know what we've heard, we'll be gathering information on them, other unofficial visitors that are in. We'll be previewing a big upcoming official visit weekend. So uh, no shortage of happenings, no shortage of content on GamecockCentral.com. For Chris, I'm Wes. We're going to get out of here, but we're going to see you all on GamecockCentral.com. We're going to see you on GC Live again on Wednesday. Thanks again for joining, and thanks again for our good friend, Clint Hammond, clinthammond.com presenting sponsor of GC Live. We'll see you Wednesday.